What is up, kangaroo chasers? On this pod, we meet Ryan Forston. He's the man behind the USARL's newest club, the South Florida Speed. And baby, I got the need for speed. That sounded cheesy, but I'm Uncle Carboni, and this is episode 97 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. guys episode 97 um can't believe it we're almost at 100 i don't know what we're going to do to celebrate i don't know what we're going to do i can't even believe we got this far but we have uh episode 97 very close to the century raising the bat we can't wait i'm on my own tonight guys uh sitting in the car talking to myself big t probably uh you know hanging out with ex balmain rugby league legends uh, as he normally does uh, you know it's okay he's allowed to He's allowed to uh, stand me up for that. That's fine. That's not a problem. But yeah, I am here in the car talking to myself like a lunatic. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying it, though. Hopefully you're getting a kick out of it. And uh, this one was a great episode. Great chat that I had with uh, Ryan Forston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, He's the founder of um, South Florida Rugby Club. Uh, They're a rugby union club originally, still playing rugby union. Uh, Also now venturing into rugby league, so they'll, they'll have a side in that Southern con- Conference in the USARL this year. So there'll be Team 6 in the South, Team 12 overall for the USARL, uh, which is really cool. Also putting together a women's side for the USA Women's Rugby League. So really exciting times. They've got some big plans and uh, they're very confident as well, which you're going to get that in this interview. Um, it was a really good chat with Ryan. And uh, he did say afterwards as well, he didn't get to mention this, but he said if anyone is interested and helping out, sponsoring, playing, anything at all, uh, they can email him at ryan.forston, that's F-O-R-S-T-O-N, at S-O-F-L-O-R-F-C dot com. Uh, we'll, we'll add that in the show notes as well. Um, so check him out if you are keen to help, and I really hope you enjoy the chat. It's really funny when I recorded this episode, and, and this is just how crazy rugby league is right around the world. Like, it is growing so quickly. And um, when I spoke to Ryan a few weeks ago, uh, to my knowledge, South Florida Speed was probably the newest rugby league club in the world. Uh, Since then, we've seen a couple of other newbies emerge as well. So big shout out to the Forth Valley Vikings um, in Scotland. So they'll be Team 5, I think, in the Scottish Rugby League this year. So really exciting times for them. And then there's the Bustos Majestics uh, coming out of Cameroon. So they'll be club number 13 nationally for Cameroon. So that's really exciting as well. And I'm sure there's others that we've missed. There's so many around the world that are happening all the time. Uh, if you're one of them, sh- hit us up in the DMs. Uh, I'm at ChasingRoosPod on Twitter, or you can get us at ChasingRoos on Instagram and Facebook. So hit me up in the DMs. Tell me what you're doing, whether you're a new club or an old club. Let me know. We'll mention you in our Golden Points, which is coming up in a second, our world-famous Golden Points segment. So yeah, hit us up. And even if you're not, if you're just a fan, if you're a listener and you're not following us on the socials, make sure you do. Uh, make sure you're, you're hitting subscribe and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Or if you're listening to us on Spotify, we've got so many new listeners on Spotify recently, which has been really exciting. And uh, I don't know what's happened with the algorithm over there, but Spotify all of a sudden really getting around us. So thank you if you are listening from Spotify. All right, guys. So uh, let's get into some golden points. Um, so before we get into the interview with Ryan, so I've got a few tonight. Uh, let's get cracking. So Golden Point, Albania, um, where the Hull Dockers, so Hull obviously not in Albania, but they are the latest English club to really get around uh, and form some ties with a club in an emerging European nation, uh, This, t- in this case being Albania. They've announced a partnership with KR Tirana, the premier rugby league club. Let's let's be honest, probably the only, only rugby league club in Albania, but they're doing some wonderful things um, and they've announced a partnership 
um, together. So this is going to mean that, you know, maybe a little bit of a player swap from time to time. It'll give some Albanian players a chance to come over to the UK, train with with um, the whole side, and maybe even get some game time if they're good enough. So let's see how they go. Uh, and on the flip side, some whole players will be able to go across to Albania, play some games, experience rugby league in a, in a new and different environment as well. So that's really exciting. Toronto are doing some great things, obviously. So they've recently joined the Greek Rugby League Association. So meant to play domestically there last year, but obviously that, that competition was put on hold uh, or cancelled because of COVID. Uh, but they'll be there this year, an Albanian side in the Greek Rugby League, which you've heard here a number of times, and we're excited about it. Can't wait to see how they go. Uh, they've also recently announced, so this is a double whammy golden point, but they've also recently announced some ties with Turkish Rugby League. So excited to see some collaboration there in future and uh, really see what that's all about. But that whole part of the world, Albania, Greece, Turkey, really excited and uh, keep keep growing, guys. I know, I know a lot of you listen to us, so keep doing what you do and we're really pumped to keep sharing the news and watching how you go. Uh, guys, Golden Point, Papua New Guinea. This is the first time we'll go to Papua New Guinea on this episode, but uh, well done to uh, our good friend, Kangaroo Chaser, and PNG Hunters head coach Matty Church. He's announced his 29-man squad, uh, uh, who will be relocating to Queensland this year for the 2021 Q Cup season. So he's, he's named 11 fresh faces in the side, as well as a new assistant coach. And many of you will recognise the name Paul Ayton. So uh, born in Papua New Guinea, he's played for the Panthers, played for the Cronulla Sharks. He's also He moved across the Super League, played for Wakefield, played for Leeds, played for Catalans as well. And he's got 16 rep matches under his belt for the PNG Kumul. So Paul Ayton, great to see him there coaching. I know from our chats with Matty Church in previous podcasts, he's been keen to get PNG-born uh, coach some experience and help them out and really help them for the future. Really excited to see um, how he goes with Paul and how the how the Hunters go in the Q Cup this season. I think you know it's going to be interesting to see how they go away from home. Will, will there be like a Melbourne storm effect, you know, like hanging out in the Sunshine Coast Resort and um, playing footy and really getting closer and it was probably better for them? Or will they get homesick? And, you know, that's obviously a possibility as well. But I really think it's going to be a good season for the Hunters and really looking forward to seeing what Maddie, Paul and the boys can come up with in 2021. We will be following you guys closely as will all the kangaroo chasers. Um, Golden Point, over to Canada. Alrighty, this is this is really exciting. Could the Toronto Wolfpack be back? Now, I feel like we talk about the Wolfpack every week, um, and obviously it's been a, a crazy couple of months. But could they be back? Well, Matty Shaw from Total Rugby League says that they could be. Uh, he's written that Toronto officials are lining up a shock return this year with an exhibition match at Lamport Stadium in the works. The event, headed by Brian McDermott, is being organised uh, and would feature players from the Wolfpack's history against a relevant opponent. Really exciting stuff. And look, we've heard, I'll, I'll be honest, we've heard a lot of whispers around the Wolfpack since their, you know, quote-unquote demise, uh, since they were kicked out of Super League, or not uh, readmitted to Super League, I should say. Uh, we heard a lot of rumours, a lot of whispers, a lot of people wanting to get something happening, trying to revive it, um, and sort of sat back, listened, and good to see that this is now getting some airtime. And Brian McDermott behind it, um, that to me gives it some credibility, and it's good to see it's happening. We want to hear more about it. We want to know what's going on. We have heard recently that David Argyle uh, is in discussions with players and player managers about getting them paid, probably not the full amount of their contracts, but still a good sign that they're going to be getting play, paid. The interesting thing to me here is going to be twofold, right? So who will they play against? Who is that relevant opponent? And who are the players that they're going to get there? Obviously, they probably don't know the answer to either of those questions yet. But I'd sort of guess in terms of relevant opponent, um, it could be someone from the UK. I don't think so. I think it'll be more likely a North American side. So could it be like a Hawks side? Could it be a USARL club? Could it be an Ottawa Aces somehow putting a club together or team together? Could it be, you know, a collective um, British Columbia side, you know, a BC Bulldogs representative side coming across? I think those are the possibilities. That's the kind of level we're looking at. Um, I think anyway, I could be wrong, but I'm just, you know, if I were to guess right now the way the world looks and 
sort of the level that this side will be at because I don't think we'd be looking at, you know, obviously a lot of the Wolfpack players uh, from the 2020 season have moved on now. They've got contracts with other clubs, uh, but they will be fielding players from across their history. So that makes me think, you know, are we talking about, you know, who, the players that immediately spring to mind for me are guys like Ashton Sims, who's retired and back in Australia, but would he pull on the jersey one last time? Would he go across if he could? Maybe. I think that would be really cool. But I'm also thinking about, you know, some of the North American guys that sort of trialed, trained and played in those early days. So think about guys like Ryan Burrows, Monty Gaddis, maybe even Joe Eichner. So this is a kind of thing that I'm thinking. And, you know, obviously it's not that Sonny Bill Williams Super League sort of standard that they were expecting from 2020, but it's something and the brand stays alive. And I think it's really important that the brand does stay alive. I want to see more of this, you know, for as long as they can. Keep the heart pumping. Keep those hardcore Toronto Wolfpack fans going. And while they might not get the 10,000 crowd for games like this, they will, the, the real hardcore fans will still be there. The Sharon Lills, the people like that, they'll still be there. And it gives them that nucleus, that base to continue because there is a base there. There is strong support and some great people doing some good things for Rugby League in Canada. And I feel like they need this. They need the brand to survive and continue. And um, let's hope this is a good step. All right, more exciting things. So, Golden Point, the world. So, yep, uh, Rugby League 2021 uh, World Cup administrators to make a firm decision on the event's timing this March. So they're going to make a decision this March, according to Brad Walter, our good friend and kangaroo chaser at NRL.com. He spoke to CEO of the event, John Dutton, who outlined three scenarios uh, for the event. Now, the cool thing here is the three scenarios, it's kind of what Big T and I outlined a few weeks ago uh, on the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to our retrospective and predictions episode for the year, our first episode for 2021, we kind of spoke about these scenarios and in this order as well. Um, the World Cup administrators have been incredible. They've The challenges they faced have been unbelievable. Uh, you know, at the start of last year, you never would have predicted it. They faced them head on. They've been bold. You know, they've, a lot of people are saying that they should just be calling it off, postponing it, but they're moving forward. They want it to happen and they've got their scenarios in place. So they're being realistic about it as well. So the golden scenario is obviously that the tournament runs as hoped, as planned, ticket sales boom, and it's fantastic. And that's a possibility. You know, who knows what the world's going to look like at the end of the year but I believe that that is a possibility. The silver standard is to run the tournament with some social distancing restrictions in play. This is a definite possibility, but I think if it can't be on at full capacity, they'd be okay with having it at, you know, half capacity or lower capacity um, crowds as well, if they had to. The last one would be the bronze standard, which is to postpone the tournament, moving it back 12 months. I know that this is not what they'd like, but they're realistic. So if it has to happen, it might. Uh, it's there. Uh, but obviously, gold and silver is where they would prefer to be. So we're going to hear more about it in March. I've also read a report by BBC saying that we'll, they'll make a firm decision by May. So I guess it would be that March, April, May period. Let's see what happens. We'll obviously be following it very closely here. And uh, let's see how they go. But look, good job, really, to these guys, who guys and girls who have been involved and I don't know what I would have done, but they've done a great job and I know they can pull it off. All right, Golden Point. We're going back to Papua New Guinea where the Lay Biscuit Spiders, that's right, the Lay Biscuit Spiders have won the Southern Highlands Provincial Nines Women's Rugby League Grand Final after defeating the TNT Tigers 14 points to four. Now, I'm not trying to rub it in, Big T. The Tigers did lose, but uh, the Lay Biscuit Spiders, what a name. I'm very sorry to the, the clubby. Uh, mad squirrels but you've been knocked off the perch best name in rugby league the biscuit spiders i love it and uh look to be honest there's been so many regional events happening in papua new guinea over the last few weeks i just can't keep up there's so much rugby league they are crazy for the sport they love it it's great to see and if you want to follow along jump on asia pacific rugby league's uh, socials so they're on instagram and facebook they're on twitter as well so check them out and uh, follow along with, with what's happening over there i can't keep up there is so much going on, and it's fantastic. Go Papua New Guinea Rugby League. It's why it's so so incredible. 
All right, final golden point. Let's go to Ghana, where the Ghana 9 season kicked off over the weekend. The Panthers are leading the series after beating the Tigers 17-4 and uh, defeating the Scholars 7-4. So they've won both their games. Uh, It's worth noting two sides had to pull out last minute, so the Bulls and the Pirates had to pull out. I'm trying to find out why. I'm trying to find out more. Uh, I believe it will probably be COVID-related or something like that, but um, we will find out. But the Panthers, they are leading the race so far. Now, with their nine series, it's going to go every month uh, until December. So it'll happen uh, one weekend every month until then, and we will have a winner, a champion at the end of it all. So, so far, the Panthers are leading the race. Uh, Also worth noting that their 13th season is due to kick off at the end of January also. So let's let's hope it keeps going strong. Um, You know, Ghana Rugby League, they haven't played since this time last year thanks to COVID, so... Good to see them back out there. Couple of little hiccups as always, but let's um, let's support them. Let's follow them. Let's make sure they all get back on the field and continue for the rest of the 2021 season. All right, guys. There you go. Whoa. I feel a little bit crazy talking to myself. For how long has this been? Maybe about 15 minutes of talking to myself in the car. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope Big T's back with me next week. Come on, buddy. Come back. Um, and let's go over to my chat with Ryan Forston from the South Florida Speed. All right, Kangaroo Chasers, uh, very excited by this one. I've got Mr. Ryan Forston all the way from Florida on the phone right now, early morning. Really appreciate it, mate, from the South Florida Rugby Football Club. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. How about yourself? Man, really well. Things are okay. Uh, obviously, crazy world that we're living in at the moment. But you know what's even crazier than what might be going on in the world is we have a we have a new rugby league team in South Florida, the Speed. And um, yes, sir, mate. You guys have. I kind of found out about you guys a few months ago. The South Florida Rugby Football Club, and obviously a rugby union club to start with. And I noticed you guys sort of starting to interact with more rugby league personalities and uh, interacting with guys like the California Rugby League and that sort of thing on Twitter. And it sort of piqued my interest. Um, But I must admit, I don't know a lot about you guys and what you're doing. Um, So I'm really excited to learn along with our kangaroo chasers, along with the listeners, to learn uh, exactly what's going on over there. So, man, I'm I'm pumped for this conversation. and yeah, I just want to thank you for being here. Um, and I, I guess the best place to start is, you know, tell us who you are and and what your role is with uh, South Florida Rugby Football Club. Um, well, my name is Ryan Forson. I grew, I was born in Miami, Florida, um, but raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, my my first love was American football. Yep, it's probably like that for most of the rugby players in the United States. I found this sport while leisurely looking for clubs to join at Georgia Southern University. Um, While there, I saw rugby on their list of clubs. So I went to go check it out, watch a practice, and I noticed um, one of my friends who played on my high school football team. And once I saw him doing it, making plays, I was like, you know, let me give this a shot. So I did. Fell in love with it. Um, of course, I was at a winger from the start. Um, but as I as I gained more knowledge and practiced the game, um, five years in, and now I moved myself to nine. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I love it. I love the game. I love the culture. Um, so what we're doing here in South Florida, well, we're the, I would say, the capital for football athletes in the United States. A lot of NFL talent, National Football League talent, comes from South Florida and, matter of fact, just the Florida area. Mm. Um, one big name you'll be familiar with, he's also a football transfer from the state of Florida, is Perry Baker. Perry Baker started playing football, then it gradually led into track. Same thing with Colin, even though he's more of a track guy, but he's he, he also plays football as well turned it over to track and you'll find that common on a lot of upcoming stars in the United States but a lot of talent out of Florida does not make it through to the end of the pipeline yep 
So when I say that, they some don't make it to college, some don't finish college, and we're talking about the athletic career-wise. Others go to the NFL, but their time is cut short. Or just it's a lot of athletes who still have juice in their tanks. So as with me falling in love with the sport and also very proactive in the community, I wanted to place a team in the community that people from my same background feel comfortable with being a part of. Yeah. Because it's 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 a little culture clash once, especially minority demographics, join already established rugby teams. Right. Everybody is not able to get along with that culture. Yep. And some some do cope with it. But with us having our own similar culture to what we well, what we're used to, it'll be a, a more comfortable setting for people to slowly acclimate to the game. Now SoFlow started off as a union team, first sevens, and as numbers built, we um decided to do fifteens this year and join the Florida Rugby Union and, you know, officially be a fifteens team or a Florida Rugby Union team. Yep. Initially, I always wanted to start a league team, but the startup was a little pricey and a little uh, intricate at the beginning. So the easy route was going union. So it wasn't just me. It was, it was, it was me as well as a couple of other gentlemen. And we all came together yep. and was like, you know, let's let's compete. You know, let's give them a run for their money. Let's, let's be the pillars, the leading pillars for the people that come behind us. And so that's that's what happened. As soon as we started playing a few sevens game, we became infectious. Like everybody heard about us. Even although we weren't the best rugby players, we we're mostly athletes trying to make it happen. Yep, we were break, we were breaking necks. So you either you you loved to watch us, you hated to play us. <laughs> well, yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how it really came about. I remember after one one Masters game. At uh, the Florida Rugby Fest, Fort Lauderdale Rugby Fest, well, Rugby Fest in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, we were approached by Verton Stephen, who's over Lakeland Renegades. Oh yeah, yeah, in North Florida near Tampa. And I told him, yes, we, we we would like a host league team down in South Florida." You know what I'm saying? That's what we initially tried to do. But right now we're focused on Union. And he told us of a way, an easier way that we can get through. To the top, um, he told us what we needed to do, um, how our EOI needs to look, you know, things like that. Just helped us do the business aspect of the process. And once that was done, we sent it up through the chain of commands. They also wanted the USARL also wanted to see if we'll be able to play the game or handle a team. Yep. So uh, I think it was in October where Tampa hosted a clinic. And scrimmage game towards the end. South Florida attended with eight members and put on a show for whoever came to watch. And it's, it was so it was so easy. I remember we had two two first years, and that was their first time playing in a live game ever. Well, and they did exceptionally well, exceptionally well. And I I just came to realize that. Uh, League football is way simpler. So a lot of the football transfers that that come to rugby uh, find it easy, find that it's easy to catch on to the rules of the game because football is nothing but an altered version of rugby. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, so um, I, I love the game so far, even though I only played in the, um, the Tampa uh, Clinic. But league is something where Florida athletes can really get into and take over and actually put on some shiny spectacles and and increase the talent pool that the USA Hawks has to choose from. Yep. That's awesome, man. And it's it's it is true. We hear about it all the time that the skills that a lot of your athletes learn from American football, they do they can translate to, to rugby league in particular. There's a lot of similarities there. Uh, and, and so, how did you? So, how did you actually discover rugby league? You said you wanted to start a rugby league team originally, but obviously, in, at at college, you would have been that rugby club would have been a fifteens rugby unions club. How did you discover rugby league? Where did that come from? I really, I really do not have the answer for that. <laughs> well, yep. I just noticed rugby has several different disciplines, and rugby league in the United States was 
the closest. Well, let me say this: rugby league in the United States is has a professional standard that they want to operate by, and they don't just consider their players amateurs like the bylaws in USA Rugby does. Okay, I can I can relate to the history of rugby and why league would like to play. Why league would like to pay their players. I'm a, I'm a hardworking man. I'm a third generation longshoreman. And even though I do this for fun, I do this for a passion, I would love to get paid to do this because I am putting my body at risk. Yep. You know, and my body is my money maker, my support line. So I, I just wanted, I always wanted to own a sports team when I was young. You know, first dreams were to play professional football in the NFL. Um, but the, my plan B was always to own a football team. I never would have thought of being a rugby football team. Yeah, wow. So th- those thoughts festered while I was um while while I played with Georgia Southern Ru- uh, Rugby, and as that's about I'm 26 now, and that was about it was about six to seven years ago. Yeah, wow. Well, I, well, I was conjuring the ideas of what I wanted to do, and I came across rugby league. And I read into the bylaws and, and appreciated how they ran the organization. But a few barriers, financial barriers, had kept me kept me back. So the easier route was to go the union way. Yep. And once we gained the traction that we wanted to, we ended up coming across someone who could help us. Yep. Yep. And that's how we're here today. That's so interesting, man. So you you discovered league rugby league more from the USARL. Did you have any idea about, you know, the NRL over here in Australia or the Super League in the UK or anything like that? Or was your first sort of touch point USARL? So when I first started researching rugby, the Super Rugby, NRL, the different leagues confused me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to stay focused on everything domestic so I can, you know, easily pick up to what's what. Yeah. Sevens, beach fives, the tens, the nines. You know, all these different formats of rugby you can you can run with. So once I started to realize I, that what I was watching, you know, with the USARL and union competitions, I then ventured outward to um, foreign countries, um, yep. watching foreign-hosted events. So I, 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 I knew what Super Rugby was. Well, I knew what format Super Rugby is. Um, then I, I became an avid fan of NRL, those plays, and it's the the continuity of the game and the excitement of the plays just caught my attention. Rather than Union, I love Union. Don't don't, don't get it. Too, I love rugby altogether. Yeah, let's yeah. nip this in the bud right now. Union was more. Union was more. Um, let's play chess. Yep. And league was like, uh, let's play checkers with one second moves. You know, kept it kept the game simple but fast the way I love it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love the um the kind of holistic approach to rugby that you have. We don't see that a lot on this side of the world. It's you know it's two sports, but uh, union and league are two separate sports. But it sounds like in your with your upbringing and your knowledge of the game, it's sort of you probably never. You probably didn't realize that at first, you know, like you said, you've had 15s, 13s, 10s, 5s, 7s, 9s, you know what I mean? You, you see it as all these different versions of a sport and it's kind of intriguing for someone on my side of the world to hear it that way and it's it's kind of cool as well. Um, now, in 2021, so you guys, am I right in saying you guys were established in 2019, the South Florida Rugby Football Club? Yes, sir. So in um, January, January 1st. January 1st. And I, lo- I love, like, on your Instagram page, there's a description that says what happens when you place a rugby team in the mecca of football, and I think that's really cool. Like, it's it gives a lot to the imagination. I'm I'm wondering where, like, so South Florida is a massive, like, geographically, it's a huge sort of area. Is there a specific city town? Like, are you guys based in Miami, or where exactly are you guys? Where do you guys train and play? We use all of South Florida. Yep, honestly. Um, we're trying to still get our paperwork. Uh, COVID really messed us up. Yeah. So right now you have, since we're a hotspot, uh, the counties, the counties have allowed us to return to play as well as, you know, the union. Yep. Um, but the cities that are chartered within the counties still have jurisdiction over, you know, their rules. They have their own government. 
Yeah. You know, as you, as you know. So most of the cities, especially the ones who aren't partnered with the rugby team already, aren't allowing new activities. Oh, wow. Yep. To partake. So we have to venture out a little bit further north, but it's more central to the South Florida area, to Oakland Park near Fort Lauderdale and Broward County to um, have practices. Okay. As for playing stadiums, that is not established quite yet, but it will be soon. Yeah, great, great. Uh, hopefully we get the one that we want, so then I can break that news <laughs> to the world. I won't ask you then yet. We'll wait for, we'll wait uh-huh. for that patiently. Uh, but obviously yes. 2020 has been difficult, you know, for obvious reasons. But 2021, you guys are going to have your USA rugby team. You're going to have, you know, the South Florida speed in the USARL, um, which is really exciting, team number six in the Southern Conference. And you're also going to have a USA women's rugby league team as well. Um, how do you see all of that working? You know, do you think the two, the two men's sides will be mostly the same sorts of players or, and you know, how explain to me what sort of 2021 looks like on a calendar in that regard. So here's the thing about, um, planning these two different competitions. Uh, it, it's, it's a little hard finding numbers for union. Yeah. Um, we know there are plenty, I think there were five, six union teams in South Florida. But there are no league teams in South Florida. Yep. So therefore, at the union season, we'll get all the guys who don't want to play sevens or look for extra rugby from each and every other team that we'll we'll played against in yep. union. Yep. So we've already had contacts from you get about two or three of the best players from the local team. So that's 15, 18 players. Well, I'm sorry. I said two or three, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be twelve. That'll be twelve to eighteen players. Yeah. Yep. That we may get out the out the whole Tri County area. On top of the players that we already have playing fifteens. Yeah. So from that aspect, it has been real easy. Um, now, what we're about to do is increase our efforts with recruiting. Um, we're going to deviate from social media for a while. Yep. And start going door to door. And really bringing out the people in our community, and that's what a lot of rugby teams don't do out here. Um, we're we're a black owned operated team. Yep. So we we know how to get into minority based neighborhoods. We know how to talk and appeal to people who look like us. Yep. And that will be the difference when you see the growth of this program. You're going to see already cultured athletes who just need to learn the rules of this game come and take over quick, fast, and in a hurry. They're going, they're hungry. They just don't know where the next meal is coming from, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. plenty of athletes out there waiting. Um, as for women, um, a lot of people don't know, but flag football is a big culture down here in South Florida especially women's flag football since do, they do not have any contact for the women's American game, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that's just really women just not knowing where to go to get that contact fulfillment, you know? Some do find their ways on um, semi-pro football teams down here, you know, in women's league, but others don't, and others need rugby pushing to their face to yeah. join the wave now it's so infectious you know flag football for women is so infectious down here that you're having at every high school or almost every high school and colleges are making that varsity sport well flag football so the culture of football all together for women is is growing and rugby can hitch a hitch a ride on that train and take some of the passengers you know away so um, for we're recruiting for women, I do not find that a, a problem. We already have a lot of women who do play rugby down here. Like, um, matter of fact, two two women from South Florida I know, Jatavia Coleman and and Emma, they play at Life University, and they're interested in playing league during the summer. Yeah, great. great. And then you have Maury Freeman. She plays in Lindenwood, and she also has other teammates that are located down here in South Florida. They're... It, we have people, we have athletes who've played the sport and athletes who haven't. So we're, we don't, we don't think we'll 
have a problem when it comes to recruiting for a women's league. Yeah, that's incredible. I feel like the women's league as well, it's something we're going to hear more and more about. Obviously, they're uh, hoping to kick off their maiden season, the USA Women's Rugby League, soon. And um, I feel like in terms of in terms of athletes and talent, like the women, the, the USA women can definitely catch up to the top talent around the world very quickly. I, I can just sort of see that happening. We've spoken about that before as well. Uh, it might be a little bit more difficult for, for the men, but like you said, the athletes are there and you just need to find them. I'm interested, like, so can, can we go a little bit deeper into, so with your recruitment, like you talked about understanding your audience. And the reason I ask this is because we've got a lot of people from around the world who listen to this podcast who have clubs like yours from all over the world. And, and they might have struggles in terms of like recruitment and how they find their people. So I kind of want to dig into your mind a little bit about how you see, like how you get to know your audience and what like specific, like what does, you said like door knocking, like what does that look like? What would that, ex- what would that entail? Can you give us some more details? So down here in South Florida, you have to understand that there is really no majority demographic. Yeah. Um, it's a minority ran. Um, even the majority is a minority down here. Yep. You know, so that's a challenge within itself because there are language barriers, there are culture barriers, there are this and that. But it also presents an advantage because a lot of those different cultures, maybe like Argentinian players, have already played rugby. Yep. So they're already interested in the sport. Now, with getting deeper in the neighborhoods, uh, yeah, the appeal to them um, with. The Miami culture is really flashy. Yep. Uh, when it comes to sports, we're dominant. We're relentless. Um, we have a, a underdog mentality, but at the same time, we've been here before. Yep. So it's it's little, it, it's hungry plus cockiness. You know, when you when you come across an athlete from South Florida, especially a football player. Um. So we we have to appeal to that colorfulness down here. Um, music uh, does a lot, a lot of that, you know, f- uh, flashy marketing. Yeah. But you have to, it has to be some proof in the pudding. So they have to see you making plays as well. Yeah. For right now, uh, the way it's marketing is going, I think ads and so even social media ads, um, regular ads, are, they're going, going out of style. You have to have more consumer-driven advertisement. Um, so that means making come across your team, fall in love with your culture and your team, make it infectious. Um, and we've had plenty of success for that. We've, had, we've gone to tournaments in our first year and the stands will, you know, people cheering aside will, will chant our name. Yeah. So they like how I want to say, I don't want to say we're rambunctious, but we bring in the game. Yeah, they like the energy we bring. They like the hat we bring, and then you put that all on camera, put a nice beat over it, and show everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and want to be a part of it, you know. So um, the way the rugby set up, you know, it it can't be football right now. Yeah, popularity and and choice of sport, it cannot be football. Nine nine times out of ten, you're gonna have somebody who rather play football. Yeah. You know, so therefore we have to create an environment around it, make each individual player feel like they're a professional player, make each fan feel like they're at a big rivalry football game or, you know, a playoff game or a Super Bowl, you know? Um, So that's what we're trying to create the aesthetics, the atmosphere around the sport. Because the sport itself, as long as we play, is going to be exciting. Yeah. So creating that atmosphere around sport will bring people in, you know. Um, now, I know that um, other major sports have problems with ticket sales. So before that, well, they have problems with ticket sales because of how media is today and how the internet is. Um, rather than going to see a whole game, you can go and um, see the highlights on YouTube in three minutes Yep. and go on about your day. So with that being said, we have to prepare for we're preparing for even when our t sales plateau and we're trying to our my first motion was to create an atmosphere around the game 
at least. So league, you'll end up seeing, um, I'm trying to create, uh, if you ever been to a football game yep, and seen the extra antics around the game, yep, that's what keeps people there during the dead periods. Yep. Now, if you have ever been to a HBCU game, historically black college or university, you will see the soul and the flavor and the excitement around it. Yep. It's it's um I feel like HBCU fans are just as avid about their team as uh Cowboys or Patriots fan would be. Yeah, well. And if you pay attention, like HBCU bands in the United States have a ESPN three contract by themselves. Not even the HBCU football teams, you know, sometimes play on ESPN three, but the band gets a lot of airtime. Yeah. Why is that? Is because everyone loves an HBCU band. Therefore, we want that flavor. We want that flavor. That entity, and whatever um, an HBCU like band brings to rugby. And so, what I'm trying to do is is not only not embrace not only embrace the culture of rugby, but also twist it with our culture and. With that is going to make an entire, entirely new spectacle that everyone would love to to come and see. And it, it it's just, it won't get, you would rather come see it in person than to go see it on YouTube or see the highlights across the internet. I love that. You have to be there. You, you're creating an event and also creating a brand. I know it's, it's what you said about taking rugby or rugby league culture but twisting it and introducing your own culture as well to make it your own sort of thing, your own event. It's so important. And it's something that we're learning a lot more as the sport continues to grow. And just to see, like little examples of that in our sport anyway, in rugby league anyway, uh, you'll see, I don't know if you're too familiar with what the Tongan, interna- the Tongan national side has been doing when they play New Zealand, Australia or Great Britain or, the, or England they um it, they're your typical like they're playing rugby league and the the fans though they'll sing hymns from like, they'll sing Tongan hymns throughout the game, which is just mm-hmm. absolutely like it's something you would never expect to see at a sporting event. Or the Fijian the Fijian rugby league team before a match, you know, while most of the islander nations have their haka, they'll like link arms and they'll sing a hymn before the game as well, and they're bringing aspects of their culture to the sport and, and just me- melding it and meshing it in with the sport as well. We saw, um, we saw the Jamaican side play, um, play an English side in Leeds a couple of years ago. And the whole vibe, the whole atmosphere was this whole reggae, like real Jamaican sort of vibe. And it's just bringing these new ingredients in because I, I just, I love what you're saying because like, I feel like in in the US and, and obviously Florida in particular, because American football is so popular and so recognized, by introducing rugby, introducing rugby league or rugby union as well, it's familiar, but it's different. And if you can sort of, you sort of get them in with that familiarity and they go, yeah, I kind of understand this. Like rugby league, all right, it's six downs. I get the, uh, the offense and the defense. I understand that. I understand that a touchdown is a try and all that sort of thing and you kick a goal. And they get those things, but there's other little bits as well. And then you're bringing you're bringing parts of them into the game, and I just love it, man. It's it's like the Toronto Wolfpack as well, bringing a what they would do is bring a Toronto sport vibe to rugby league, rather than it wasn't just bringing rugby league to Toronto; it was bringing a vibe. And um, right. it sounds like that's what you're trying to do as well, man. In a in a funny sort of way, if I'm reading it right, and the brand you're creating is really cool. Like it stood out to me straight away. Like your logo, your, your SoFlow logo and your South Florida and your South Florida speed, the colors, like the, the pink, like it's, I, did you choose that brand and that style and those colors? Is that, is there a reason for that? Was it to stand out or are you trying to speak to, to a certain people or what's, what's the, what is that all about? How did you come up with that? So, like I said, the, um, South Florida culture is very colorful. Yeah. Right. So I didn't want to go with the traditional Miami Vice colors. Yep. You know, everyone does. But those colors are the same colors that you will see in the sunset yep. on a daily basis. Yeah. So I was I was like, let's go a different color route. 
but really it still has to embody the flavor of South Florida somehow, some way, as well as, you know, grab your attention. Yeah. And what else embodies South Florida culture other than the the pinkish uh, sky while the sun's setting, you know? So everybody can see it across the tri-counties. Everybody will know and, and feel at home once they see the colors. They'll know that this is, this is besides the name, that they'll know this is a product from South Florida. Yeah, I love it, man. Especially when you see the characters, want, the characters that we do have on the field, you'll know, yeah, these guys are from Florida. Yeah. And that's part of your, like your brand like your, that you're creating. It's your style of play. In the NRL, we're sort of accustomed to seeing a lot of the same styles of play with each team. And that's changed a little bit in 2020 because of some rule changes. But I love what you said earlier about how, you know, you guys break necks and people, people love to watch you, but they don't love, they don't like playing you. And that tells me you're a tough team. You're a, you're a aggressive team, you know, and, um, right. you know, that's, it's an interesting, it's a style that people love to watch. What's up, Kangaroo Chasers? Just cutting into this interview very quickly so we can hear a word from our sponsors at Matt Haynes Sport. BallGuysMattHaynesSport.com.au, the place for your logo designs, jersey designs, and your apparel kit production. So whether you're an international side, an international club, a local club, a junior club, a touch footy side, an Oztag side, MattHaynesSports.com.au is the place to go, even if you're not a footy side, to be honest with you. I've seen him recently uh, design some design and produce some great apparel for uh, the Pigs Cricket Club. Uh, there was a cool runnings netball club as well. So it doesn't have to be just footy. So no matter what the sport, check out matthainsport.com.au. But what you do need to remember is tell him that you chase kangaroos just like he does and uh, you'll get 10% off your kid production price. So matthainsport.com.au. Thanks for the support and back to the show. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the podcast for international rugby league fans. Um, tell me how, so South Florida Speed, so for the USARL name, like how did this, where'd the speed come from and what's, were there other options and how did you come to that, that conclusion in the end? No, it's really a group. Most, most of my decisions are a group decisions, unless yeah. I um, think, unless, you know, yeah, unless I think of it um, impromptu, I need to handle it right then and there. But um, uh, we were just going through a list of names, and we had people vote. You know, I originally wanted sons, but then you know, in the midst of creating the league mascot, the league name, the Miami Suns entered the World oh, Ten. Oh, wow. So, yep. so I, you know, that crossed that off the list immediately. Yeah, there are other. Other logos like um, sharks. Um, we had a man shark, which is it was this character that I thought of and told a graphic designer to make, but it was um, it was a shark, a humanoid shark. <laughs> yep. Um, and we went down the list of other sharks, other like real actual sharks that inhabit the the waters of South Florida. Yep. So we went to spinner shark, spinner sharks, tiger sharks, gray white, with hammerheads. But there's already a union team called the Hammerheads on the yeah. west coast of Florida. So we just uh, we we thought deeper. Then speed was already an option, but it just related to us so much. When you think of a, when you think of South Florida, you think of especially cities like Miami. Yeah, you think of fast pace, right? We're known for our fast athletes. We have air shows where they fly fast F-22s yep. over your head all day. We have um, the Sebring 500, the Daytona 500, the Homestead Racing Track. We have boat shows and even boat racing shows. And in the streets, um, we have a lot of, um, our, we have a big tradition. We're on Sundays. And holidays, especially Martin Luther King weekend, yeah, we put we pull out the dirt bikes and the four wheelers, and we're 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 walking them and doing wheelies down the street at a fast at fast pace. It's it's not it's not legal, but it's the culture of South Florida. Yeah, everything's fast. Everything 
So we just we just wanted to keep it speed. Like that's what we're known for. That's what we are. We're speed. We're fast. I love it, man. That's awesome. And out of the um, so you guys are team number six in the USARL Southern Conference. So twelve teams total now. Um, out of those teams in the South, Atlanta Rhinos, Jacksonville Axemen, Lake Lakeland Renegades, Southwest Florida Copperheads, Tampa Mayhem. Out of those teams, who are you most excited to um to come up against? Uh, so first, I want to take out the big dogs in our competition, Jacksonville Axemen. Yeah, just got to take take them out of the game. But the game I anticipate the most, I really want to play Atlanta in Atlanta. Yeah, well. And the reason that being is because I grew up on the north side of Atlanta in Gwinnett County. There, I met, I have a lot of rugby friends that are still in Georgia. I haven't seen in a while. I have some friends that are coming back to league who took a break from from rugby. Um, you may know uh, Terrence Williams. Okay. Yep. He he played Atlanta, for Atlanta Rhinos a few years ago. Um, he I think he played for a team in Canterbury for a year and he also played with Toronto Wolfpack. Yep. So oh he played with Monte Gattis. Yeah. Uh, of I was gonna say uh, of Cleveland Rugby League. Yep, yep. So yes, those that's one of the guys I uh, I learned how to play rugby with and I'm excited to play yeah, against well. him. I'm excited for his return. Yep. You know, um he's an exciting player and needs to be seen. You know, he's part of that excitement of rugby league that that we're trying to bring to the table because it's not just about us; it's about the whole league. Uh, we can we can only be as successful as the league. Yeah, well, you you um, guys down south have a lot to prove because, of course, the Northern Conference, the the champs are from the north in um the Brooklyn Kings, or the most recent champs anyway, obviously, two thousand nineteen. So, uh, is that your real target? Is it are the Brooklyn Kings the big target, or are you focusing yes. more on the south at the moment? We're uh, the south at the moment, I'm taking it one by one. Yeah. One game at a time. But at the end of the day, we're looking to bring the trophy back to South Florida. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of pockets of rugby league starting to spread around the US. And I'm wondering what you think about it all and, and what you know about it all. So you've already mentioned Monte Gattis and what he's he's doing in Cleveland, which is really awesome. It's very visible. He's He's very good at showing the rest of the world what he's up to. And Cleveland are doing some interesting things. California Rugby League's another one. Tom and the whole team over there doing some great things despite the difficulties they've had, like everyone else with COVID. They're managing to get some interest and, and uh, support from all over the world. They had a trial match which had 14,000 viewers or something like that on, on YouTube. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the sort of stuff that's happening outside of the, outside of the USARL. Um. I like the development. There needs to be, if USARL is not going to venture out, then there needs to be other leagues to host, um, you know, rugby league, to build rugby league. And eventually, you know, out of those several leagues, we can come to an agreement, you know, particular teams, the most successful teams in each league, come to the agreement and maybe start their own profession in the United States. Uh, um, yeah. You know, something that can um, rival uh, the NRL or the NBA or NFL, NHL. You know, something that can be on the ESPN news feed, you know, when you're watching it 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's um certainly a grand idea, man. We'd love to see it. And there's obviously a lot of work to do. A lot. What does the short term look like for you guys in, in South Florida and so take me through like what some of that work we're talking about. What does a good 12 months look like for you? And then what does a good five to 10 years look like for you guys? Where do you see this sort of going? This next 12 months, we're going to make a statement in rugby league. We're going to make a statement. We're going to turn heads. We're going to make the world realize there is potentially, well, there is a product in the United States that can be built upon that can eventually compete. Mm. with the big dogs of the world. That's what we want to show. We want to expand the talent pool that's already here in rugby league and just make it bigger. So I see just a bunch of recognition, an exponential rate of rec- recognition in all of rugby these next 12 months. In the next five years, you said, I expect, we expect as a whole titles. 
Yeah. Trophies, hardware, results. So, um, and by the, by the end of the five years, we would like to have created our own league to cover our jurisdiction. You know, and, and um, a few teams in each of the tri counties yeah. to host to host league competitions, and then that will feed into the USARL or wherever they may be. You know. Yep. And that'll grow rugby. Now, getting them into colleges will be a different task. It's already hard enough to get kids to play union unless you're playing for a big school like Lindenwood or Life University. Yep. And with with those type of schools, you know, in some places you go, there is a, a union and league rivalry. So it may, may be hard, but it can happen. Yep. You know? So maybe we can start at fresh schools. Um, our plan, a couple guys on our team, our plan was to... Um, Start off with local HBCUs. So there are three, well, there are four in the state of Florida. Yep. Implement them there and let them take off. And with them not having teams, I think it's only one HBCU with a team, and that's Florida Agriculture Mechanics University, FAMU, home of the Rattlers. They have a union team, but it'll be the same thing like me coming into rugby. Um, I'm just, I just know there are a bunch of rugby formats. Let's play them all. Yeah. It won't, it, won't, it won't be any, oh, I just want to play a league. It won't be any rivalry between the two different competitions. People just want to play, want those reps. Um, as far as the men and women's, I want a established women's team. I know we're going to have established men's team this year. Yeah. But I want a fully operational women's team. Whole bench, um, backup, backup players, whole starting line. You know, the works. And maybe, no, not maybe. But around that five five year span, we also have the aesthetics set up around the game. So you'll see a different type of environment. You will see crowds steadily growing, you know, within regards to the COVID restrictions. Yeah. But as that's what makes everything cloudy though. Um after this, after the vaccines have been issued and if this pandemic dies down, what will our future be? For, for this sport or or sports all together yeah. together you see that they're changing um the way sports operate so i'm just i just hope sports don't go extinct because people don't want to touch each other anymore Let, let's hope it doesn't get to that man it's um it's definitely yeah. one extreme that uh i don't even want to think about dude that would be um right. yeah that would be life without sports that's crazy <laughs> yeah but i love what you're doing and I believe it when I'm, I'm just sitting back listening to you sort of predict the future in a way. And I believe it. Like, I believe that you, you guys are, and girls have, you know, you got that determination. It's really cool. And the, the plans to get into the schools and, and, um, and have that whole, see, that's something that I believe has been lacking with the USARL in particular over the last few years. It's that, I think the plans have been there to get into schools or have development teams under the main teams and things like that, but it just hasn't been able to progress for whatever reason. And you know, sometimes it might be financial or it might be other reasons as well. And but to see that ambition there and the you've you've got like a pathway. I feel like you've got a br- blueprint in your mind, and you know what it's going to take to get there. And that's really cool to see. What sort of assistance or help do you need from? maybe the USARL, but also the the wider rugby league community around the world. Because as I say, we've got we've got people that listen from all over. So um, what can we do to help? Or, or what do you guys need to get there? Rugby league experience. We, we don't... Um, the most experienced rugby league player on the team were those eight guys who has, went up to the one-day Tampa Clinic. Well, yeah. And so, really, we're about to go into this headstrong. Um, watching, we've, we've been already watching a lot of film, a lot of deviate away from union strategies and and focus more on league type strategies. You know what I'm saying? So that that will be. I don't think it'll be an obstacle though, because we have some savvy men from the union side, and since league is a simplified version, we'll be able to make a lot of things happen. You know what I mean? I noticed a lot of our athletes were able to let their instincts take over yeah. rather than trying to think about what to do, you know? So 
Yeah, so maybe from the culture aspect, we're going to need a little bit of help organizing organizing everything. So manpower, um, controlling how fast we spread. Yeah. You know, we can't spread too fast and, and, and not grow fast enough, if you understand what I'm saying. Yep. We don't want to spread ourselves thin. Uh, the support. We love the support from the whole community. You know, everybody give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Soflo, S-O-F-L-O-R-F-C. And you can find us on Facebook at South Florida Rugby Football Club. That's our um, YouTube channel as well. Yeah, we really want you to follow us on YouTube, though. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, we're going to have a lot of dope content dropping um, and keeping you updated. You'll be seeing from us a lot more. Told, like I said before, we're about to change the game. And we're about to become a real infectious past our country borderlines. I love it, man. You'll have to share. We'll, we'll share those um those tags in our show notes as well. And we're definitely watching along closely, man. Um, we can't wait to see. Like at the moment, like I said at the start, very top of this conversation, I knew very little about you guys, and it's it's early days. But um, I love what I'm hearing. And I wish you all the best. Like, I want to see it happen. And I believe you can do it. I really do from spe- from this conversation. Like, I, I believe in you guys. I believe in you. And I um, appreciate it. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else that, you know, sort of wrapping things up, is there anything else that you'd, you'd like to mention, any messages or any anything that we may have missed that, or a shout-out to a sponsor or just anything that um, that you think our community needs to, to know and understand? Well, we do want to shout out the community that does help us. Um, there are a plethora of partnerships we have. We want to shout out um, Goldfee Global. They have been avid in producing, well, helping us better our athletes. Um, Goldfee Global is a is an athletic training company down here ran by three brothers. Um, one of the brothers, Tyree Allen, actually is one of the founders of this team. We want to shout out Grown. Um, Grown is a organic restaurant opened up by Miss Shannon Allen, wife of Ray Allen, the famous, well, the Hall of Fame basketball player. We also want to give a shout out to Komodo Training Center. Uh, they're training our guys for one on one. It's 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 a MMA gym, but the training helps our guys deal one-on-one situations, how to deal with that one-on-one pressure, you know, handling business when no one is around or when you're the only one to have your own back. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so those are three main partners for right now. You'll see more come soon, um, very soon, especially as close we get to the league season. I love it, man. All good. That's fantastic. It's good to get that sort of support. Hey, final question, um, do you support an NRL team? Do we support an NRL team? We don't. We don't really support one, but we we watch all of it. Yeah, cool. All of it. We don't know who's bad. We don't know who's the best. <laughs> traditionally, we watch every single bit of it that we can. Love it, man. That's excellent. Love NRL. I do. I do. I do like how the Vikings have the Viking clap. So let me get that out the way, though. Oh, the Raiders, Canberra Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, the Raiders no, that's have have a Raider clap. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, that is cool, man. It is a. Uh, it goes back to what we said. They've they're creating an an event, an atmosphere, a vibe, you know. And I right. think it's important for each club to or all clubs to do more of that and find what's unique to them. And I think that's the biggest message I take from today with your conversation, man. It's been um, it's been fantastic, and uh, I encourage our listeners to go and follow. And we'll be following along. We wish you all the luck in your twenty twenty one seasons in both rugby union and rugby league. Uh, we'll be watching the USARL very closely, mate, in particular. So um, if there's anything you do need or if there's any uh, any marketing or messages you want to send us or any news you'd like to share, then please feel free to let us know and we'll share that with the community as well. So, um, yeah, really appreciate your time. And uh, Ryan Forston, mate, thank you for chasing kangaroos with me. No problem. Anytime.
Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own. Thank mm-hmm. you.